then I can't remember the last time I saw women like this. Post-work, post-workout women, out of breath, hair glued down to sweating heads, post-gym, post-swim women, rolling bikini bottoms over cellulite and wobbling thighs. I can't remember the last time I saw women like this. Hello, you are listening to High Value Women, brought to you by the New Feminist magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiera Fielding. And it's your girl, Alan Sarasvati Rawlings. We have a super special guest today. You might have seen her pop up on your For You page on TikTok for her viral poetry. It's Georgie Jones. Hi, Georgie. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thanks for having me. No, Thank thanks for coming. Here. You're our okay. first, like... Proper guest. No offense to Robin, who was our friend who joined. <laughs> but you're our first like big guest. Uh, <laughs> How was your show? Because I know that you had a show last week. Yeah, it was good, you know. It was um the first time I've been doing that show for like since 2018. And um the venue uh, reached out and said, Are you still doing it? And I said, No. And they said, do you want to? And I said, I would love to. And I sort of dusted off the script and I thought, God, this is pretty terrible, actually. So I did like <laughs> a big kind of panicked rewrite of a lot of it. And then it, there was not enough time. There was not enough time. But we had <laughs> 10 days to kind of turn it around and get it ready to go. So I'm I'm excited. I feel like I hope this will be the beginning of a bit of a second life with oh, a I better version of the show. Yeah, yeah. Like a reincarnation. Exactly that, yeah. What's yeah. it about? Is it a one-woman show? It's just me rambling on for an hour. It's <laughs> um, it's spoken word, and it's um, sort of about um, growing up and and thinking you thought of you would have sort of had it figured out by this age, and you haven't. And actually, I don't think anybody has. And I think it's yeah (laughs) no I think it's okay to not know and get stuff wrong and I feel like a lot of the time the world makes you feel like you know come on now we need to see and I think it's well who for who like you could spend your whole life figuring it out and that's a fine way to have spent a life I think so that's kind of what it's about I couldn't agree more like Mm. I turned 25 about six months ago and I had like all the way up to my birthday I was like oh my god I have nothing figured out I don't know where the hell I'm going and I got to 25 and I was like oh this isn't actually as scary as I thought it was but it is (laughs) always nice to hear someone else be like it's okay you don't need to have it all like planned out just yet totally I mean I just turned 30 in November Uh, just lol I'm like really clinging on to that I know that too (laughs) and um it's the same thing. I, I, everyone's kind of like, whoa, 30, new decade. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm sort of probably just going to carry on as I am, I think, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this comedian and she was making a joke about turning 30. And she was like, all your friends are going to be like, oh, it's the big 30. It's the big one. Are you ready? <laughs> your life's going to change, but don't worry, you're going to love it because you're going to realize you don't actually care. And then there's like all the like stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I hope I get to that point where I don't care because right now 30 is scary to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a really weird thing. I think 30 and there are changes and this is kind of what I talk about in the show, like half my friends are getting married, half my friends are getting ghosted. I'm just floating <laughs> around like 
I don't know how to wash my clothes properly. I don't know what <laughs> any of the labels mean. And it's just like, oh, it's fine. Everyone gets kind of, it's okay to move at your own pace. I think people feel the pressure of aging in a big way. And uh, it's scary. It is scary. Oh, yeah. this is I such think... a refreshing conversation. I'm glad. No, I feel like the whole conversation is going to be like this because I have to say, Georgie, I... I adore your poetry when I this is so dramatic of me but I am a little bit dramatic (laughs) but when when I saw it when I saw that your like viral poem about Mm. being in the gym pop up I I feel like it spoke to my soul the first thing I did was send it to my mum because my mum hi mum and she listens um (laughs) is like obviously growing up in the time that she did um where body image was such a massive thing Mm. you know has those like insecurities that are just like so deep like Mm. inside her thought process and she we were at a a, like a shopping center um not long ago and she kept looking at all of these like really like pretty skinny girls walking past and she's like why does everybody look so good like why Mm. and I was like just hang on a second just stop and look around because you're not seeing her mum or like that Mm. woman over there you're not seeing everybody else and she like zones in on the the like young skinny girls which I think we all do so as soon as I saw your poem come up I was like (laughs) mum take this in (laughs) like take it in and then I stalked you for ages and I watched all your poems (laughs) and I just loved it it was so refreshing so cool thank you when ellie sent it to me i listened to it and i was like it made me feel like a lot of clarity because as like a non-binary person who sort of like buys to a feminine sort of beauty standard i listened to it and i was like oh this just like feels like everything that i've just sort of been feeling but didn't know how to put words to Mm. so it was like it just really like ellie said it kind of touched my soul a little bit as well just felt so actualizing and a lot of your poetry does i think that's what um, me and Ellie both really resonated with with your poetry mm. just how much it feels like a real a real token of like womanhood mm. it was like really authentic I think that's what it is it's just it sort of sits with you and also um I've never re- I'm not really into poetry no, like, me I'm, neither. I'm, oh, what? <laughs> okay this is interesting <laughs> it's because yes. it's so unique and so like it's very conversational but eloquent and it feels very intimate what is your how did you how did that happen <laughs> yeah I don't really know I I'm the same I find poetry really intimidating I didn't like it at school it was too confusing and difficult and I was like I don't know what this means and well and I um I sometimes write with this uh company called like the poetry takeaway which by the way if you ever stumble across them they're amazing we sort of sit in this used to be a burger van with like the flap down but instead (laughs) of burgers it's poets and you'll have a chat with people and um they'll tell you about somebody they love or a moment or whatever. And and you kind of write them a poem and they come back 20 minutes, half an hour later to collect it. And then they can take it away with them. Hence poetry takeaway. And um, one time this proper poetry woman came up. She was like an editor for some poetry press. And uh, the guy who runs it was like, can you write a poem for her? And I was like, nope, I can't, <laughs> I can't write poetry. I can't do it. And um, it took me a really long time to be like, maybe I am a poet maybe that is what this is it's real like um what's it called imposter syndrome with it yeah I started writing at uni because uh 
they were like, you can write a dissertation or you can do a performance. So I was like, I am not going to write a dissertation. <laughs> thanks. So I did, um, I, I wrote, I guess, a poem, but it was just kind of uh, a monologue really. But it, it's, um, I've always found like words really interesting and, and kind of cadence and rhythm and flow. And I guess that just kind of naturally appeared in it mm. a bit and I and I dared to call it poetry because I didn't know really what I didn't really know where it sits so yeah so so I just kind of carried on writing um after that and um I entered the poetry slam at the roundhouse in London oh, wow. and I owe the rest of my poetry writing quote unquote career to a wonderful woman called Linda Bloomfield who now runs a community theatre space in Sheffield. And she had said to me um, after the slam, I think you should apply to join the poetry collective at the Roundhouse. And I was like, okay. And I did. And I spent a year there. And then from there, I applied to be a resident artist, which I was successful in. So I spent a, all of my poetry kind of infancy at the Roundhouse, um, thanks to Linda, and then just kind of haven't stopped. Oh, wow. I love that fascinated honestly especially since you didn't actively sort of say I'm going to be a poet and you were just like I'm not mm. writing a dissertation <laughs> and just sort of, no that's way. just how it started <laughs> can relate um yes. so no 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 super super interesting so obviously you have your show mm. and you were on on tour with a do you have like a comedy group as well <laughs> yeah I do sketch comedy so so I really wanted to be an actor and I didn't go to drama school and just sort of tried to do it. And and when you don't have any experience or any education or training, <laughs> nobody's very interested in you, unsurprisingly. So some friends of mine um, were writing comedy sketches and they said, do you want to get involved? We want to take this quite seriously. And I said, yeah, please, that'd be amazing. Um so we started that in 2017 and we're still going. And hilariously, we've just got back from a cruise <laughs> we've been in the Caribbean for a month doing sketch comedy on a cruise oh ship God. how hilarious and bonkers but um is yes. that your Dream first though. like show okay. with your with your group no we've been doing it for years we do the Edinburgh Fringe every year um oh, for wow. the full month and then we do like little bits and pieces we've taken it to Brighton we took it to um Ireland we we were putting sketches online for a while but that takes real commitment and whoa effort uh not that I'm lazy yes. but like wow <laughs> wow people that post weekly anything online is so impressive to me it's um, tough whoa it's yeah. a full-time it's really full tough time it? job I know we're trying to like do more like TikTok content and it's just I, uh, I just can't like editing so is just hard. even if it's like you have one clip and you're <laughs> trying to edit it and I'm like I can't do this this is taking up my whole day I know. Have, you, have you guys <laughs> heard of the millennial pause because that's what makes me like so resistant to putting anything online yes no I haven't what is that oh so it's like if you're past a certain age and I say certain age it's like anyone who isn't like currently in high school oh. and it's like you film a video, but you have a moment to like realize that it's recording before you actually start talking. Yeah, you wait, there's like a and pause I... before you start talking. Thing is, though, Ellie, you know those TikToks I made for us ages ago. Yeah, I do it on those TikToks, and I just <laughs> saw them, and I was just like, "How oh, are you supposed to get myself. the timing right, though?" <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, I don't were... get it. 
Gen Z are always making things to like take the piss out of us. And I'm like, I don't, I can't help it. <laughs> it's like the worst thing. It's just, oh, I, I heard that and I was like, no, nah, I can't put it online again. <laughs> Just like edit out the first couple of milliseconds. Oh, I think just the like secondhand embarrassment of like looking at it to edit it out is like too much. Being like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't pay attention though, because you can't. Otherwise, they win. It's not embarrassing yeah. to pause before a video. <laughs> just I'm just collecting my thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. I also don't know if it started recording yet. I don't know if there's a delay. So maybe there is some sort of like. I think if you've grown up with with like filming videos and stuff mm, your whole life yeah. I think that's probably why Gen Z find it so funny that we pause before we say anything but <laughs> I do it with so... my voice notes on WhatsApp as well it's like a long pause and I'm like is it recording yes oh uh, yeah <laughs> I I'm so narcissistic though like I send like 10 minute voice notes and I'm like I need to listen to this back right now <gasps> I just sit there like listening to myself talk and sometimes I'm like this is the worst thing ever but other times I'm like wow Adam you're really making some great points here <laughs> I listen to my voice notes as well just in case I sound like an idiot like I just check just check just no I'm good (laughs) oh my gosh I can't bear it I'm like get that sent and never listen to it again I can't oh really so when you post on on TikTok like your poetry do you just like not look at it no I do I have to look at it because I want to put um captions on it yeah Mm -hmm. but then sometimes the captions are so wrong so you have to kind of go through and then edit them and then your just monotonous voice is just playing like over and over, over and, and over again. again. <laughs> oh my god! So it's like done. It's painful. Yeah, no, painful. totally get it. I do social media like next to the magazine, yeah. and um that's what I do daily. And I sometimes I have to do voiceovers, and it's like over and over. And I'm like, I can't, I just cannot do this. It's driving me insane. Yeah. Oh, See, so like. I am I'm an EDI um educator as like my like quality diversity inclusion wow. that's like my day job and like sometimes when I'm giving training well sometimes when I listen to our podcast back because I listen to every episode back just to like see how it went and we can like pick out clips to use for promo and stuff mm. sometimes I listen to it and I think oh my god the poor people that I'm teaching as <laughs> like my day job they just hear me say like about 12 times and then I've just got like <laughs> a really gay really northern accent i'm like everyone will just be like what the hell are we sitting through right now no they should they should consider themselves lucky honestly they should <laughs> um so, so yeah. i'm curious uh georgie would do you identify as a feminist and don't feel pressured to say yeah just because we're oh definitely yes yeah <laughs> definitely yes goodness me yeah what what makes you say that and and have you always known um I don't I probably haven't always known because I just was like waltzing around I don't know not not aware of enough when I was younger I don't think Mm -hmm. um and I think it was probably probably existed in me before I knew that it was feminism Mm. but I think God, shouldn't everyone say yes to that question? And I think that probably the only reason that people don't is because it it they think that it means something other than just like equality. Uh, yeah, is the only reason I can understand why people would be like, "No way, am I a feminist?" Like, um, <laughs> get a grip. Sorry, that's right for myself. Um, no, no, yeah. no, don't worry. Uh, no, thanks. Um, 
no I totally relate I was late to the feminist game um and I found it I found the space really intimidating that's mm. why I I made like this platform because I I was really intimidated by feminists mm. um and I think the word is such a trigger word but mm. really when you know what it is and it's just equality and then there are so many like umbrellas underneath mm. that word then you can be like picky with what you want to identify as but feminism in itself it's just equality so yeah yeah 100 I'm so glad you said that because then I was gonna have yeah. to try and be like well feminism yeah exactly so when did you start posting on TikTok and like social media what made you go okay I'm gonna start putting my poetry out there um I'm really new to TikTok I think I'm too old for TikTok is the problem I was like oh my gosh but talk about intimidating you see all these like young people just (laughs) doing this amazing stuff and I'm like what even is that I lose hours of my day to TikTok embarrassingly (laughs) I I just I'm like I'll just have a quick scroll oh my god it's four o'clock and I haven't done anything today um so I, I would put stuff on Instagram occasionally uh and in lockdown I really kind of got into that a bit more um and then I put a poem on TikTok at the beginning of the year to be like new year and then that might have even been last year I don't know and it just sat there as like one lonely post on my page (laughs) until a couple of months ago and I thought you know what if I'm putting stuff on Instagram I might as well just chuck it on TikTok and it has been bonkers like bonkers no the response let's talk about that because obviously we've seen that it's your videos are going viral yeah what how did that make you feel what's the response been like you know have you been getting a lot of DMs and stuff like that what's it been like yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. The the comments are like only positive, which is brilliant. Oh, that's so nice. So oh happy. And gosh. so rare actually for TikTok. So rare. There have been a couple of people that I've just been like, ooh, unsubscribe. You're not welcome. <laughs> You're not welcome here. Period. Um but it, it hasn't been hateful towards me. It's just been quite like aggressive or or not very pleasant, whatever. But everybody is just nice to it, there's it's so complimentary but people are just nice to each other and they respond to each other's comments and it's just such a like gorgeous little place that I I don't know how that's happened but I'm so glad that it has and that that's the case it's it's amazing and overwhelming honestly at times I try to I read all of the comments and I try to reply to as many as I can but sometimes it is just too I mean you've got like hundreds thousands now so I don't blame you for like not getting through all of them and I'm actually props to you for trying (laughs) yeah if I can just offer I think you say you don't know how this happened but I think the reason why this the space you have in your feed is so positive Mm. is because I think your poetry makes people feel very seen Mm -hmm. and I think that TikTok can be such a divisive place where even people with good intentions it's like uh, there's a girl that I follow on TikTok who does like de-influencing videos basically saying you don't need to buy stuff which Mm. I need to watch because (laughs) (laughs) capitalism is beating my ass (laughs) Um, yeah same (laughs) but she'll post videos and just talk about how uh, no you don't need a stanley cup and then mm-hmm. someone will be like well i want one like you know and it's just like 
a video which is completely like apolitical or a pointed towards a person just suddenly yeah. gets turned into something. But I think that there's such an earnest quality to work that you do mm. and the content that you put out that it's like, I don't think anybody who is receiving that can see it and not feel just really touched and really sort of almost intimately seen, which mm-hmm. is like what I felt when I've watched your poetry yeah, videos. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, that's so cool. That's giving me gooseies on my arms. <laughs> I thanks. It's honestly it's, it's so inspirational. It's it's really amazing to hear you say that. Thank you. I I um yeah, I waffle on for ages as well. So like they're not short videos, they are a commitment. <laughs> so I'm always yeah, very moved by by people who who watch them and and then even more so take the time to message me to say I felt XYZ about it. It's it's no small thing. I'm I'm never not kind of dumbfounded by by that. I think yeah, response. You you know you say that you sort of waffle. I definitely don't. It doesn't come across as waffling at all. But no, you, it is it is a sort of commitment. Like you, I have to say, you sort of tricked me into it because I didn't think it was a poem <laughs> at first. I just thought you were like, yeah, oh, you're you. talking about your experience at the gym, and then I was like, oh, this is a poem. Oh, this is a good poem. Like oh. I really like this poem. But yeah, no, I just it, it, I think then after you get through like the first like 20 seconds suddenly you do feel like you're not you're not in your room like you're in your room and you're you know Mm. listening to you and you you are sort of committed to to it's like you're forced to sort of sit there and um take in positivity because I think sometimes naturally we want to reject it it's so hard to yeah sometimes you're just not ready because even with a lot of positivity comes a lot of emotion so I think sometimes people will scroll but I think once you're invested then suddenly I just felt lighter it was like it was like magic (laughs) absolutely I think the other thing as well is like so I write poetry and I've done like poetry readings before mm-hmm. um I tend to keep it quite close to my chest I mean I think Ellie's read one of my poems but I don't really share them with people maybe mm-hmm. I will do one day but um having been to like poetry readings and stuff like that it's and something that I'm not doing too much right now watching your videos it made me like so feel like nostalgic and like hungry mm-hmm. for like that experience again and I've always responded to poetry as well that doesn't you know you're not going to sit there in an English class and be like, well, the poet use mm. this po- poetic device. And, you know, because I can appreciate more traditional poetry, but I think that your poetry just feels so from the soul. Mm. And it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be justified by like complicated poetic devices because it feels like a real dialogue and a conversation. Mm. And that's so moving. Yeah, that, yeah, that's so and on it, point it takes it to a whole different sort of spiritual plane in a way. Oh, oh my God, having that for the poster. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to quote me. (laughs) I will do. Um, I feel that's amazing. That's amazing. I think that, you know, I, a lot of people don't, a lot of poets, I think, are like, what is that? And I kind of think that's fine. I don't mind. I don't Mm. mind if it exists somewhere between like a chat and a poem that's that's the space well, that it's I'm creativity I mean you can't really put any yeah. boundaries or rules on it so I think that's mm. why people like it because it is so different but I really yeah. want to talk about the content I um obviously yes, me too. <laughs> it's I I know that not all of your poems are based on like body image or body positivity mm-hmm. or neutrality um but obviously your viral ones are um mm. and I would like to know 
one like where you get your inspiration from um you know is it all personal is it you know just like sort of why that topic and the process behind it mm. yeah so that the, the poem um in the gym poem mm-hmm. was uh I wrote up for my show it's it's right. the only part of it actually that still made the cut from 2018 to oh. like now and um it, it the whole show is kind of semi-autobiographical or and and all of my poems are kind of grounded in in my experiences and I had a real kind of crisis when I started doing the show because I was like oh my god who actually cares like who do I think I am going around being like let me talk about myself for an hour and then um the the woman Jenny who was directing my show at the time was like I think if you make something the more the more personal you make something the more universal it becomes because I'm not trying to then say that my limited worldview speaks on behalf of all women or all you know whoever it is that I'm I'm trying to talk to or or you know talk about the experience of being a a a 30 year old woman it's only my story but hopefully told in a way that that is not like let me talk about myself like strap in um and I think that it's just kind of the conversations that I have with my pals a lot, I guess, that I that I think we all kind of feel the same way about stuff. So it feels kind of validating to then be like, okay, I probably could like talk about that on the internet. Do you know? Yeah, no, I, mean? I, t- I, yeah. I, ha- I, yeah, I get what you I mean. I was going to ask, because it does feel like you've had that chat with friends or something. So it, mm. it does sort of, I think that's why, like, you know, when I say it was intimate, I think that is sort of the feel that that you get mm. and that you are like when you're watching it you are your friend and you know and you're sort of in that conversation um yeah. your group of friends sounds amazing <laughs> talking about stuff like that yeah, so, for yeah, real. So, open, <laughs> so open like that's, that's so cool okay so it's it's very much just sort of like taking your conversations and making them into something that yeah. you know people can I enjoy. love that it's like Almost like a totem to sisterhood in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. A totem to sisterhood. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly that. And I think also it's really nice to have a space for people that maybe can't access conversations like that very easily mm. with their friends or at home or at school or wherever it is to. So when I when I was first doing the show, I think in another lifetime or maybe later in this one, I don't know, <laughs> I feel really passionately about um kind of sex and relationships education being taught in school and um I was working with a company called Sexplain who were delivering um sex and relationships workshops after my show and it was amazing it was so brilliant and I feel like a lot of a lot of parts of the show kind of speak to that as well on on those topics Mm. and I guess the stuff that I'm putting online is just kind of an extension of that and just about kind of how we've how I feel in myself and and you know kind of the wobbles that you have sometimes which are normal and allowed and um yeah just just I think I I just have a want to create a space where people feel like they can come for that kind of conversation should they not be able to have that anywhere else yeah well that's amazing yeah. and I, I feel like you've done that successfully 100 <laughs> <laughs> um and also going back to what you said before as well that's excellent advice I wanted, I forgot to comment on it but as you were talking I was thinking about it about 
you know the more personal you make something you know mm. the, the better and like the more people can relate because you feel like you're you know distancing you feel like people won't because it's so personal and in the end more yeah. people relate because it is so personal and it's not what people would openly talk about usually so I think that's why it's yeah. so effective so that's such great advice for any content creators out there who are like trying to yeah, like absolutely <laughs> that's such good advice yeah I think no, thank you so I've... much for sharing that oh my gosh my pleasure I mean I think I've never been somebody who's been I'm I'm in such an oversharer it's <laughs> it's awful and I think I've I've never been afraid of kind of making a bit of a fool of myself mm. and and vulnerability I don't feel that intimidated by I guess and I feel like that's I feel really lucky to be that way inclined mm. so why not kind of publicly make a fool of myself should <laughs> I require it if only so somebody else would go oh you've done that oh me too cool fine I'm not alone in that I think more people Being should be like whatever. that like I, I think that's mm. really you know that's a really positive message to be sending out to people as well um, yeah 100 percent. yeah I mm. want I do want to know what made you land on like body image and how do you feel about you know the body positivity movement and the body neutrality movement more recently a lot that's been a big conversation at the moment as well how, mm. how what got you there and how, how are you feeling about it all just like personal strugs, I guess. <laughs> I think it's something that's always been a thing that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. Oh, I don't know if I will ever feel totally like confident in my body. And that's been a really difficult thing to kind of grapple with. Mm. Um, I definitely relate more to like the body neutrality movement than I do body positivity mm -hmm. and the older I get it's so interesting that you said earlier about getting reaching 30 and not caring I that is so true <laughs> and I just think that I'm more focused now on on placing my worth not at all on physical appearance mm. and for me the body positivity movement still kind of does that a bit um and I think it's a brilliant thing but I for me, it's unrealistic. I don't think I can get up every day and be like, I am beautiful and I am whatever. I think it's much more achievable for me to to kind of wake up and, and be like, the, factually, this is my body and this is how it's feeling today and this is what it does for me and this is, you know, stuff like that. I think that I was really, in that gym poem, I was really it felt really important to um, recognize all bodies. I think there's a real narrative, which is absolutely a hundred percent true. That's kind of like big bodies are beautiful, mm -hmm. but also so are really muscular bodies mm -hmm. or like, you know, there's like a whole spectrum of, of bodies that, that often don't get shone light on in the same way as kind of big bodies. And like I said, I, I, 100% behind the importance of that but I just think there's other shapes and sizes and whatever that should also be equally a part of that conversation oh yeah 100 percent. Um, yeah. like a almost like a body diversity totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because that it's, it's so funny though because that is just social media and like society like mm. we will focus in on something and then we'll get bored of it and then we'll focus in on something else and then it really yeah. feels like you know one sort of area is getting more spotlight than other like well-deserved areas as well and then it just sort of ends up feeling like that but I to totally agree um that mm. there just needs to be this sort of neutrality behind it all where you're just like 
a body is a body and it's helping me survive and they look Mm. different and what (laughs) yeah and they will look different throughout one person's lifetime as well it doesn't mean that that you know I I think I I speak to kind of my mum's pals or, or women of that age and they they say now like they look back at photos and think oh god I didn't know what I had then mm. I I really mm. was quite unkind to myself and the way I spoke to myself then and I would kill to look like that now mm. and I think it's just you can't get that time back such a waste of time to to wish just constantly wish our bodies Look looked different. different or felt different yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah you know so much more important stuff to to waste time worrying about if we're going to be worrying about anything you know it's Preach. so true it's like i i actually haven't seen this show but i really want to watch it i don't know if either of you have you know shrill is it called shrill um I haven't seen uh, it. no. it's um about like a, a plus size woman and there's a scene that came up on my feed the other day um where she goes to a party just for like a certain I think it was like size 16s or over like in America um mm. and there are, it's she's never been in an environment where everybody kind of looks similar to her and she mm. everybody's like dancing and she's so used to being so insecure that she's sort of standing really awkwardly and they're like come and join us and it's meanwhile zooming into like their cellulite and like the different like curves of their body and she's like you can see that she's like I have to say it's great performance it made me want to watch it and you can see she's processing it and then you see a moment where she decides to just like let let it go just let the insecurity go and she starts and she starts dancing and joining in and I think that we we spend so much of our lives not living because we are so worried about mm. what everybody else is thinking about you that you miss out just like what you said like you miss out on so many moments and when you speak mm. to you know mums and like older women it, you know all they ever say is don't do that <laughs> and we don't yeah. listen <laughs> yeah but it's like we're taught from a much sort of higher power the higher power being patriarchy that our bodies have to be you know this size one year then the next year something else is in vogue mm-hmm. and it's like we were our last episode um, was about the kardashians and we talked about how they kind of created a new body standard which is now going back on itself and we're taught from such a sort of primordial state just being in a patriarchal culture that our bodies are commodities mm-hmm. and that they have to conform to a certain way of being and it's so hard to unlearn that thinking because every single, every like TV show you watch, every, you know, fashion magazine you open enforces the same idea that bodies are sort of, they exist on a sliding scale of good to bad. Mm. And that's why I agree with the body neutrality movement. I sort of identify with that a lot more mm-hmm. because I always kind of felt as well as someone who is, I don't like the term plus size, but I am a larger person. Mm. But I almost felt like my body still didn't look like the sort of the body positivity Mm. sort of icons and felt like, because I don't look like them, it's almost like, can I really claim this? And then Mm. am I really allowed in this space? Is it welcoming to me? And it just creates kind of another standard. Mm. And this whole idea of just letting go and just enjoying yourself is so liberating. Yeah, Mm. I think maybe, I think most people would agree with body neutrality. It's just that they don't, 
and they're not aware of that conversation because I was all like yeah. body positive until I learned what it was. And I was like, oh, wait, no, no I'm that one. <laughs> like that, I identify with that so much more. Um, it's just one of those things. I think the more we have these conversations and the more, you know, creatives like you, Georgie, put out content like this, I think the more we can have these really cool and important conversations. Like Adam, mm-hmm. you just said that you don't like the term plus size. Um, why? Why is that just out of interest? I think the reality is my size isn't an addition to a standard size, which what plus is what plus size says to me. It's like mm. I would always just prefer to describe myself as like curvy or larger. Um, and it's like when you when I'm buying clothes, I don't like that I have to buy plus size clothing. Mm. It mm. should just be size inclusive. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not plus sized. I'm my size. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. Preach actually. It's really, but this is another, this is, the reason why I ask is because I knew you were going to say something like that, but it's not something that I've really thought about much. So I would call myself plus size just because it's the norm and and it feels less confrontational than saying that. But like, I've I've learned through like body neutrality that, that I'm actually okay with saying that because that's what it is. But, you know, some people that like, if I... It, like my mum for example would it would freak out over that word like that is a very fat is a, a bad word not her fault mm. it's just that's the generation do you know what I mean so I think sometimes when people don't know as well hence why when I was talking about Shrill as well I said plus size because I'm like I feel like saying fat is very confrontational for people when they haven't had this discussion yet about neutrality yeah so it is a really interesting mm. one but yeah that's why this is you know what you're doing Georgie is so amazing it's so important yeah, and impactful yeah. yeah 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 that's that's really lovely to <laughs> hear that I think it's um yeah I totally agree with you on I mean shopping is just the worst thing ever <laughs> and how every shop you're like oh I, I'm, I'm a size 14 I think and then you go into another shop and you're like okay well I can't get that over my leg so I don't really know and it's really like confusing you uh, just oh, it's don't the worst. Know. It, it's impossible to <laughs> know <laughs> what you are and I um I've had awful experiences I was doing a commercial once as an actor and you sort of have to give all of your sizes and I was in this warehouse trying on these vintage suits which are just like not the same sizes as modern day <laughs> clothing yeah and um nothing was fitting and I was having to keep coming out being like I'm really sorry that doesn't fit either and the costume woman was like, God, this is such a waste of my time. And oh, she made a, a comment that she was like, your body is is very out of proportion. It's really hard to find clothes that are fitting. She was like, your, uh, your limbs are short, but your hips are really wide. And then there's like two clothes sizes difference between my waist and my hips. So it is it is not easy, you know, to find stuff that fits both yeah. is uncommon. Anyway, and she said... You honestly, you're so out of proportion. You could join the circus, and her oh. and her assistant laughed, and I laughed because oh. it's such an oversaturated industry where if you if you don't want the job, there are loads of other people that yeah. will do the job. And this was like quite near the beginning of my career, and I didn't really know any better, so I laughed. And I remember afterwards ringing my mum and being like, "Oh!" And the funniest thing happened, and I told her, and she said, "Is that funny? Is that funny?" And I was like, no, it's it's really sad, actually. It's really upsetting. And I think, especially in 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 the the acting industry, 
possibly in others, but I couldn't speak to that. It's there's this thing that is just that you have to be so strong in yourself that people can say whatever they want about you and your body. And you're not really you just kind of have to take it, you know, mm. and it's a real I think that especially kind of fueled me to be like, mm, no, actually, there just needs to be loads more conversation around this. Yeah. So that you're never shamed into yeah. thinking something that you really cannot change is a reason for people to kind of call you names yeah you know? it shouldn't be on you to yeah. be made of steel so that you can take any sort of you know p- no. I mean what in the world was she thinking because something like that can sit with you depending on who you are as well can sit with you forever I'm weak that would yeah. crush yeah. me for years like <laughs> that would be awful so yeah no yeah that's I'm sorry first of all that well I mean yeah look, so like honestly yeah. people I think need to just realize that words are really powerful and you know mm, just because you laugh definitely. at something does not make it okay mm. it's almost poetic <laughs> uh, <laughs> in a way though that you experience the power of words in a such a negative way but you then used yeah. words in mm-hmm. such a positive way which i think is really beautiful thanks <laughs> <laughs> um i want to know what what poem you've done that you're most proud of? Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Do you know, it changes so much. Um, do they feel like your babies a little bit? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they feel like it's... Uh, yeah, because having looked at that script when I was asked to do the show again and there was parts of it that I used to love that I then was like, that is just bad. Objectively, <laughs> it's bad. Mm-hmm. There's a part in the show where I, it's my favourite bit actually at the moment, um, where I talk about, um, it comes straight after I, I do the poem about uh, seeing all these women in the gym and then I think, right, do you know what? I feel like celebrating. And then I do this section about going out and there's a big chunky bit about getting ready um which is always just such a such a wonderful there's a line in it where I say the getting ready is better than the going out which I uh, stand by often did you post that I on, second did that. you post that on TikTok as well why do I feel like I probably I feel yes. like I've heard this yeah maybe yeah so so it kind of goes from there to the club where I do this section that's kind of quite heavily influenced by Greek mythology and it's all kind of how we are these kind of goddesses of this dark, disgusting, carpeted, sweaty <laughs> room um, with like lollipops that we've just bought from the toilet. Why? <laughs> so bizarre. Um, and, and then it kind of morphs into a bit in the Ladies Lose, which I've also put online. And This um, one I loved. I loved this one so much. Yes. Yeah, thanks. It's kind of my favourite. It feels like a real, like, hear me roar moment, you know, where it's it's quite loud. I'm not like that as a person. I'm quite, like, quiet and, you know, whatever. But it feels like a real, I kind of get really sweaty and do bizarre leg movements which I never realize I'm doing until afterwards and it's like loud and really like takey up spacey and it's it's a nice big chunky I think kind of yay women that's moment. I think when you do something outside your comfort zone a little bit like that I think those are the moments to be proud of because they're mm. harder to do as well um and yeah I I kind of want to sorry no Ellie, no, no you go you go you go so like, I kind of want to talk about that for a minute though because it's like we've all had that experience of like the ladies room in 
a club mm-hmm. and it's such a pure space it really mm-hmm. is best friends for life mm-hmm. yeah it's like <laughs> but why do you guys why do you guys think that is like i have my own thoughts but i'm interested why you guys think it's such a euphoric space i think there's that's actually such a good question i never hear people talking about this like the why i think mm. one obviously alcohol loosens us up a little bit makes us more sociable i think clubs bars they can be very they can provoke a lot of emotions especially when you're like drinking as well especially you know when you've got men groping women and you know you can feel fear and you can feel like euphoria sometimes with your friends and there's just Mm. a lot of emotions flying about and when you go to the bathroom all of that slows down and quiets down a little bit and you're just there in like a safe environment and I think that's when you just Mm. you you've you're in a space where you just connect with people like immediately and I I think that's Mm. why but I don't really know <laughs> yeah I agree with you I think that there is a real safety in spaces where men are not mm. um yes. and it just feels like you know my best friends are are male and I you know they're I think the world of them but I I feel so safe with women mm. and there's something about women I think you can put a group of strangers in a room together and within five minutes they'll be talking about childbirth and menstruation and uh body image and you know all of this Mm. kind of stuff that it's just like I don't know what it is specifically about the toilets I totally agree with what you've said about about alcohol kind of fueling that fire Mm. a little bit and I don't it just feels like a very non-competitive yes yeah equal (laughs) space where everyone's just kind of in there to reapply their makeup and or have a wee do you know I don't know yeah no it's just a wonderful I um the two moments where I felt safest have been two like women only events and one Mm. was the women of the world festival I don't know if you Mm-hmm. yeah and that happens in like the South Bank, South Bank Centre every year and I went last year and it was oh my god like you go from one incredible conversation or interview with an incredible woman to another and meanwhile you're mingling with feminists and you just yeah. feel like the safest it's like the safest most equal haven in the world and then mm. recently I went to go see the Guilty Feminist live and obviously I would say 99% of the audience, there was a couple men in there were women. And it was so funny because it was just so like, it was almost like you were bonding with women and you weren't even speaking to them during Mm. the break. um, You know, you can, as you can imagine, the cues for the ladies' toilets was (laughs) ridiculous. So then we all just started going in the men, like we saw one woman go in the men's and you were like, well, all right. And then all of a sudden we just took over Mm. the entire, (laughs) the entire entirety of Soho Theatre it was really quite funny but it's just one of those things isn't it where you're you can't explain it like I'm in a long-term relationship and I obviously feel safe with Felix by the way Mm. Felix sorry um but (laughs) (laughs) but it's just you can't replicate that feeling of just complete and utter safety like you're with your people like you're with yeah I think it's like Mm. it's like I've been to Swift again twice now um if anyone doesn't know it's just a night where you go to a it's like a ticketed event you go to I because I'm based in Manchester it's the O2 Ritz in Manchester and they just play Taylor Swift songs all night and it's just full of girls and like a few gay guys here and there and it's so 
nice because it feels like you can enjoy all the things that I love about like a club. I can go out dancing and you know, dress up nice, but I don't feel like I'm then like, okay, well, I need to keep an eye on like who's behind me because they're going to grab my ass. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to sort of have my alarm up a little bit. I can just mm. enjoy. And I think that's kind of what it is about girls' toilets as well. Mm. It's like when I first sort of embraced my gender identity as it is, um, was in university and obviously went out with like the girls and we'd go to like the, the toilets and that and it's the first place that I sort of really felt like I'm kind of like a part of this sisterhood mm. because you kind of go and realize that oh god even though like you know maybe the packaging we come in is different and the steps that have brought us to the girls toilets might be a bit different mm-hmm. there's so mm. many shared experiences on the way there and it's like I've had conversations with girls that I've just like gone through divorces, just had a baby, like I've just like, you know, met someone that you think has loved the life for the first time. And I don't remember these girls' names, but mm. there's just that forum where you can just share and express in a way that I don't know anywhere else that's really like that. Mm. Well said. So- well said. On a YouTube, yes, do, do a poem well together. You'd break the internet. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, this stuff is coming up. I'm so down. <laughs> Me too. Um, it's about it time I get mine out there sometime. It is. Definitely is. Yeah. Okay. I have, mm, I, I'm w- w- wary of the time, so I don't want to overdo it. I think I have one more question for you, and then we're going to do a little quick fire because uh, some of our followers wanted to ask you some questions as well. So we've got, we've got to Great. do them justice what's what's next like what's next for you where can we go and see you what's going on with the show like just tell us <laughs> how can yeah. we support you yes. that's a real yeah. question oh, thanks I mean I guess I I would love to my new year's resolution which I've obviously been terrible at was to um post something online once a week which I haven't done <laughs> um so I think that's fine we'll just do it when we can and and that'll be nice so so that's my plan as I do really want to keep doing that um, especially because people seem to be enjoying the stuff. So I want to keep keep putting stuff there to be enjoyed. Um, Show-wise, it's going to be a little while, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I will I will keep everybody posted on that. Um, I'm really excited about that. But I think because it was such a tight turnaround to get it ready to do in Lincoln the other day, I we need some time now to kind of make it a bit more proper and good so um that's it I haven't really answered your question there's nothing really <laughs> happening but okay um, how if about there is, I'll... what are your oh, socials like where can people stay tuned for the updates yes I would say Instagram mm-hmm. and TikTok are the places mm-hmm. um I don't tweet I don't tweet it's too scary and aggressive on Twitter Same, I don't, don't like worry. it so I just <laughs> uh, I'm off Twitter as well <laughs> I have a stan account um actually we haven't mentioned her yet this episode at least so i'm gonna drop the s word um i have a shakira account drink, drink. Oh. it's a thing every <laughs> every episode i mentioned i bring up shakira in one way or another because i'm obsessed with her um but like i have a shakira's twitter account and amazing it is brutal oh. on the bird app how many followers no. have you got i've never asked you that on your stand account uh like 500 600 okay it's that's crazy though leading the is exclusively shakira content yeah it's exclusively (laughs) shakira content just for that you know i kind (laughs) of like that honestly i'm i'm very very passionate on the (laughs) very 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 passionate (laughs) very passionate 
<laughs> I mean, on the census, my religion is Hinduism, but like in reality, it's Shakiraism. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, Adam, we will, we will get we'll get Shakira on. Don't don't worry. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> get her, get her. <laughs> I will be deceased at that point, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah make sure everybody go and follow georgie is it at georgie yeah, jones drop the ass yeah it's at georgie jones with a z because the s was taken so if anyone's got the s can i have it because i really want it i'm embarrassed yeah, by the z it it's very millennial to be like georgie jones so if anyone's listening who's got the s give it back <laughs> <laughs> i want it <laughs> All right, amazing. Okay. We'll start a GoFundMe or something to get Yeah, we'll, we'll start a petition. That. Don't worry. We, we'll yes, use our please. platform. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right. We have some questions from our readers, just a few. Um, mm-hmm. And I will go through them now. So somebody asked, was your viral poem, I'm, I'm going to say it's probably the one about the gym, uh, based mm-hmm. on a real experience, as in, did your manoeuvre actually go wrong? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I I'm so torn about whether to um. Well, I've started now. So <laughs> so, I have never been to Virgin Active. Recovered. I know the lies. The lies and <gasps> the deceit. I know, um, I have been. I my mum uh, years ago booked me like a spa trip for the two of us for my birthday, and so it happened in in the swimming pool changing area there there was no maneuver that went wrong (laughs) tragically but I I was looking for um a changing room and there wasn't one so I was like okay um this is really awkward I was like I guess I'll have to make like a weird little towel (laughs) dress thing which is like very British person on a European beach to be like (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh and then I was just sort of like oh everyone else oh everyone else is just doing it and that really went from a like oh everyone else to a like a oh everyone oh mm-hmm. okay fine and then I, nobody noticed me in there I was it was so irrelevant and all of this worry and like you know oh my gosh how how do I get my swimming costume on this is mortifying I just did it and it was fine you know so yes dramatic I I exaggerated for dramatic effect but you did it well I, I mean think... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you honestly yeah. like, really paint, like made a narrative and I was like so invested but to be honest and you know what Virgin Active Crickwood like owes you for the free promo oh, yeah. as well well yeah. here's the thing it's too expensive <laughs> it's so expensive I lived I used to live there and uh and it was like something like 90 pound a month and I was just <gasps> like oh, I, I can't it's not for me I can't do it no that's but a uh yeah like, I'd like sorry, to eat thank you very much yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well to be honest always prioritize eating to be fair I mean I've had a maneuver go wrong. You've like encapsulated like all of the all of, oh ever lot of maneuver. Yeah, well, I've also had maneuvers go wrong. Oh my god, a lot of piece of maneuver. So good. I've had um, maneuver. I call them TRAs, tucking related accidents, <laughs> and anyone who experiences that aspect of life knows exactly what I mean. And they are not the most fun to go through. Oh gosh, I can imagine. <laughs> So, oh, oh just split me difference. Never mind. 
Brilliant. Uh, well, I can't, can't relate to that, but I've definitely, <laughs> I'm just quite in general, I'm quite a, a clumsy individual. I'm scatterbrained. So, like, I'll start doing one thing and then try and do another thing at the same time, forgetting I started doing the other thing. And, then... and we love you for it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, my friends have a lot of patience. <laughs> that's all oh. I got to say. But the amount of times I've been like, desperately trying to cover up in a, in a change room even for some for some reason in a private one I'm like worried somebody's going to open the door or something yeah. and I yeah. just the, the positions I've gotten myself into I'm just like really <laughs> quite surprising so you did a really good job at making a really relatable yeah. story I'm glad that's good to know good to know <laughs> okay oh sorry not very quick fire of me was it um so in all your poems you always nail exactly how so many women feel in so many different scenarios. Is it all from personal experience? Well, we've sort of asked you that, but if you want to mm. add on to it, feel free. I don't know that I have more to say on it, really. I think it is, yeah. I think I like the truth of personal experience mm -hmm. and um, I'm just such a fan of oversharing <laughs> that I'm always happy to. <laughs> yeah. It's radical honesty. Start from there. Radical honesty. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm coming in clutch with the sound bites today. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have. We're gonna have to make a lot of clips out of this because this, this is gold. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked, "Why do you express your thoughts through poetry rather than just talking about it?" Oh, just love language. I love untranslatable words. My friend got me a set of postcards of untranslatable <laughs> words from like words that you can't directly translate to English from other languages oh. and um. Oh, it's just brilliant I just think there's so much power in language and I think it's it's uh honestly it probably feels like a slight separation from me having just been like I loved <laughs> I'm all for radical honesty <laughs> to to borrow your phrase but like you know I I do think it's um it's a slight like armor I guess it's very scary putting stuff online and I guess it poetry feels like a slight separation rather than just me having a chat about my feelings. It feels like a bit of a performance, mm. um, even if that is a truthful performance. But it feels like, yeah, it feels like a bit of a safety net of of little protective <laughs> rhyming. No, armor, I love that. I, I totally share your passion for for language. I mean, I you know mm. we're right, we're all writers here, so hundred mm. yeah. percent relate to that um okay somebody else said do you think poetry is dying slash needs resurrecting hmm um no I don't but maybe that's just because I'm in it, <laughs> in it. I I, I mm. feel like it needs to be taught in a different way in schools I think poetry is so much more than the like AQA anthology of whatever it is and <laughs> And you sh we shouldn't necessarily like analyze it within an inch of its lives. And, and I think that poetry in school, maybe it does now, I don't know, I'm, I'm old, but um, <laughs> maybe it should include spoken word and videos rather just than just like endless stanzas or haikus or whatever it is. Mm. It's, it's so expansive and that's not explored at all. Yeah. And it's kind of left to, I mean, there's a brilliant book, it's called The Breakbeat Anthology, that talks about how kind of hip hop came from poetry and um, vice versa and how they influence each other. And I think if you if you struggle at all in school, like music and rap especially is such a way into language and poetry and, and creative writing. And it's just not 
given any time. That's so true. Um, that is so true. Be. No, it really yeah. is. I would have. I think I would have been so into it if it was like that at school. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. I think like when I started writing poetry for myself as well, I think it was because I just loved lyrics so much. Like mm. I'm such a lyrics person. Like I'm gonna say Shakira again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm so gonna cut um, all of this together like all of the times you said she together make it a clip so good <laughs> but like her um her lyricism especially in Spanish it's just it's what kind of made me it made made me fall in love with the power of words in a way that I don't mm. think many other things have mm. yeah no I mean lang- language it's just incredible it's language it's incredible yeah in Spanish, do you habla español? Un poco. That was impeccable pronunciation. Tengo una clase de español todos los días. You have a Spanish class today. Every day. Every day. Wow, that's amazing. I grew up in Spain. Con Duolingo y con un maestro. Yeah, Ellie grew up in Spain. Did you? Whereabouts? The Costa del Sol in the south um like next to Malaga my mum um had a a estate agents and then the market crashed and we came back but I was like two when we moved there so I was basically learning Spanish and English simultaneously and then I came back and my mum can't speak (laughs) and nobody could speak it and I just lost a language you do you just completely lost it so easy yeah yeah insane yeah anyway (laughs) um somebody else asked who are your favorite modern poets Mm. Oof, I'm obsessed with Olivia Gatwood. I think everything she writes is brilliant. It's our, our styles are like wildly different, <laughs> but she's amazing. I love her. I really love um Sophia Thacker. I think the way that she writes is gorgeous. She does a lot of stuff with music as well. She's on like Spotify so much. It's like a featured artist. I love um Rudy Francisco writes really beautiful. He has this kind of like trilogy of love poems, which I just strongly recommend you watching. It's on YouTube and stuff. Um, Polar Bear, Stephen Camden, who goes by Polar Bear, is is actually one of the reasons that I really got into spoken word. He has a poem called Jessica, which is amazing. And he's just published a um, book called The Lost, The Lost oh dear uh I don't know but it's because all of his stuff is spoken I think he writes like uh novels and and has just published a a poetry collection um god I wish I could remember what's called the lost something but it's because it's all yeah normally shared just through him speaking it it's amazing to have it written down and if you read it I'd strongly recommend reading it out loud to yourself because it just comes alive off the page you know what I definitely am I'm gonna look up all of these people because as I said before yeah. I was I'm so out of the poetry sphere but now I want to be so in it so yeah get in it's well nice <laughs> it's fine <laughs> um so somebody else said um how do you keep a positive outlook and then they also said love you <laughs> ah, love you that's so nice <laughs> Um, I keep a positive outlook. Whoa, I guess I just, I don't know. It's partly just the way that I am. I think, um, my dad like never complains about anything ever. So, so on the rare occasion that he does, you think, oh, this is serious business now, which I really like. And I set a rule for myself. Maybe it was a new year's resolution. I can't remember a couple of years ago where I was like, right, I'm only allowed to moan about stuff if 
I'm then going to put the wheels in motion to change the thing. Otherwise, I'm just sat in my own like negativity, mm. winding myself up about it. And then there's no kind of way through or solution. Mm. And I was like, who is that helping? It's just really tiring. And then I just feel really grumpy. So yeah, get it out and feel whatever you're feeling. You're allowed to feel whatever you're feeling. But for me, it's helpful to then kind of try and positively charge it and think, right, what can I do? Have a big moan. But if, if you're like continually moaning about the same thing, and not maybe you should try it. and change something yeah, about that's it. That's really good advice, actually, because I'm constantly moaning and not changing it. Oh, <laughs> and I should really do that. So that's excellent advice. Okay, yeah. last one. This one's a bit random, but that's fine. Um, Somebody said, um, what is your favorite movie if you're feeling self-conscious? <laughs> oh, um... Gosh, it'll probably be so twisted, but I love horror. <laughs> I'm I'm a massive horror fan. Me too. I love horror and I love gore and I just think, yeah, it's probably not, not <laughs> the answer that they were maybe hoping for. But I suppose in, in times of self-consciousness, I will probably turn to music or or books more than I would films. I'm actually not a huge film watcher, but if it had to be a film, Oh, it'd be something really horrible, like Midsummer. <laughs> Seen that? Oh, that's a good one. Oh my gosh! Ellie's like so... the biggest scary. I'm scared of everything. I told films. you earlier I was weak. I wasn't joking. I can't do. I cannot do horror. <laughs> but <laughs> to that person who asked the question, if, if you're maybe not on the horror wave, I'll I'll, I'll try and give you some recommendations. Yes. To me up. Good. Yeah. Good. I have one Much though. Um, you said you turn to music a lot. Do you have any favorite artists? Any favorite types of music genres? Oh, because I'm like such a music um, nerd, so I just love talking about it. Yeah, I'm. I have terrible taste in music. <laughs> truly, I um just like love trashy pop. But um for moments of like calmness, I love Olivia Dean. I think she's beautiful. I love Hamza. Hamza. Yeah. Oh my goodness me! I just melt. Um. I yeah I suppose like kind of acoustic-y beautiful but like quite soulful voices Gabriel's are a band that I've recently discovered and I'm completely obsessed with and my brother introduced me to um oh my gosh what are they called nope forgotten <laughs> but they're amazing they're kind of weird in fact I'm gonna look it up because I they're really great you what kind of music do you listen to I listen to a lot of stuff. I mean, Latin music is like obviously my favorite, but I love anything that's kind of like Taylor Swift adjacent as well, like Phoebe Bridges, Griff. Um, love Griff. Lana Del Rey as well. Just like, I don't listen to the most obscure music, to be honest. Mm. Um, but like, honestly, any of the main pop girlies, I'm just like, yes, give it to me. Yeah, I, lo- I, love, <laughs> yeah, the I love pop. That. I love the pop girlies too. I think I'm more... Ellie's a Charlie XX stan. Oh, amazing. I love Charlie XX. I, I'm actually lean toward, even though we always talk about like the pop values, um, I actually, mm-hmm. my roots are definitely in like soul, neo jazz, like the really smooth mm. sort of yes. sounds. I recently found Cleo Soul. Cool. And if you don't know who Cleo Soul is, love Cleo oh Soul. Oh my good God. She is incredible. That is my, my love jam that. for sure. Did you find out who, what the, um, the... they're called wolfpeck okay. v-u-l-f-p-e-c-k oh. it's kind of really funky bit weird <laughs> vibes very like 
Sunday barbecue in the background. That's oh, I like that. I love that. I love yeah, that. It's nice. I love a bit and of funk. Jazzy. As well. It's cool. Oh, cool. I mean, I probably like them. Funk yeah, jazz. That's my cool. vibe. Okay. Well, that is that is everything that we wanted to to ask you and talk about. Thank you so much again for coming. Oh my gosh, it's been lovely. Thanks for having me. Um, it's been gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Georgie has very, very kindly um, said that she would do a reading for us as well. So um, I think let's, if we do our like closing notes now, and then if you want to like read us out, basically, uh, not that we're going to like end well, the call like mid, <laughs> mid poem or anything, <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying. Okay, time's up. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, so as per, um, you know, we have our episode every other Monday and you can follow us at the New Feminist Magazine on Instagram and TNF Magazine on all the other socials and our websites, thenewfeminist.co.uk. And that's it. I'm yeah, done. follow <laughs> podcast, like us, rate us. Thank you so much for listening. And just, we didn't get a chance to do like a Femi Factor, Femi Thought <gasps> oh, today because we were just so excited to dive in. It, it's okay. I just wanted to say it's like a little Femi thought. It's just that I think we need more people like Georgie in the world who are bravely well, I second that. making art that makes people feel something and makes people feel seen. Because I think in this day and age, it's very difficult with like, you know, all the negative news that's out there, which, you know, we do have to pay attention to, unfortunately. Um, but it's really difficult to sometimes feel like there's any positivity, especially online. And just the space that you've created is such a an oasis in a lot of ways and just thank you for that and I think that we we need more people like you out there so thank you for speaking to us and just thank you for your art as well oh my gosh thank you so much that's such a wonderful thing to say um yeah thank thank you thank you for having me and thanks for thanks for chatting it's been good so much love in the air (laughs) I know it's like I love it I love this because usually like Usually, I'm like complaining about so much on these episodes and be like so sassy and dragging people. I feel like, really, I, feel like I feel very zen today. It's good. I like it. Let's just stay on forever. Okay. Great. I'm down. <laughs> okay, Georgie, when, when you're ready. Okay, let's do it. I have found myself in the gym, getting ready for a swim, hoping nobody looks at me. I'm wondering if there's a way I can get my costume on without taking off my jeans. God forbid anybody sees what I've got hiding underneath. I am mid-maneuver and it's gone a bit wrong. My full coverage costume has turned into a thong. Down below, I've got two legs in the same hole and up here, my old bracelet has snagged on my new chunky knit and then before I can catch it, my costume starts to slip. So I fall forwards, elastic pings, knickers and bras fall to the floor with my jeans and before I know it, I am almost completely naked, totally exposed and awkwardly sprawled on the floor of the women's changing rooms at Virgin Active Cricklewood and nobody notices. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody sees my naked body and is immediately sick. They're too busy, towel-drying, freshly showered skin. Distracted by nail varnish that's worn too thin, yanking tights over not quite dry thighs, there is one woman in front of the mirror, leg up on a chair, just full-on hair-drying her pubes. And I can't remember the last time I saw women like this. Post-work, post-workout women. Out of breath. Hair glued down to sweating heads, post-gym, post-swim, women rolling bikini bottoms over cellulite and wobbling thighs. I can't remember the last time I saw women like this. Real women. And I don't mean Dove campaign, real women, real women. I mean actual, real women, women with stretch marks from ankle to thigh. 
with curved bellies and tired eyes, women with leg hair and armpit hair. There are thousands of pubes and lopsided boobs and lean thighs that don't touch and then thighs that do. There are six packs and sculpted backs, slender arms and rolls of fat. There is acne and backne and wobbling bums and birthmarks and scars and post-school run mums wrangling hordes of goggle-eyed children towards the pool. And of course, I am shocked. Not because of anything these women have or haven't got, but because I can't believe I have never seen this before. I have never seen so much normal. Instead, I've been fed these like billboard-sized, bright-eyed, white-toothed women who pose scantily clad, parenthetical limbs, framing slender finger on slender waist, insurmountably symmetrical. They are photoshopped and filtered within an inch of their lives, so much so you couldn't pick the original woman out of a lineup. I can't believe this exists. It's like a glorious magic lair. And on my way home, I want to scream in the face of every woman I pass that we should all just stop caring. I want to bottle this. Give one to every woman I know and tell her to have a little bit if she's feeling crap or failing that, get herself down to Virgin Active Record. That is where the real women are. Fierce and enchanting, wriggling out of sports bras while sweat ferries mascara into their dark circles. This feels like a real moment. One I will inevitably forget the next time I see a gorgeous stranger in a bikini and I think, oh, what it look like that. But for now, whilst it's here, whilst we've got it, I feel like celebrating.